We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to the Mile High Huddle Podcast with your football priests, Chad Jensen and Zach Kelberman. Remember, Broncos country is not a geographic location. It's a state of being. Welcome in. It's the Mile High Huddle Podcast. I'm your host, Chad Jensen. With me, my fellow football priest, you know him, you love him, Zach Kelberman. Zach, Michaela, before we even go live, this uh, 500 Club Super Chat sent at 6.06, God's Country Time. And she says, this is the fun towards Michaela and Cooper's jersey, LOL. How do you guys feel about Ben DiNucci? Uh, Jacques versus Patrick and Trent Harris being invited to rookie minicamp. I like the players, especially Harris. Much love to MHH, MHH family. Love you guys. Michaela, we love you. I mean, seriously, this is so awesome. Uh, definitely put it in. It's going in the fun for... Uh, for Michaela and Cooper, but just first thing before we actually get to the content of what she's talking about and break it all down and bring everybody up to speed. Shout out to Michaela Parker, the Duchess. Love you so much. Yeah, I wasn't wearing a hat initially, but after seeing this, my hair was blown back, like you said, Chad, and I had to throw one on and I actually turned blue. You're not watching Avatar right now, guys. I promise you, you're watching the MHH podcast, Michaela. That's why you're a foundational member. You're part of the bedrock of this community. I've said it a billion times before, and I'll say it again. Thank you so much. Yes. Um, so what she's getting at here, Zach, maybe I'll let you set this up because you had the article for us today at milehighhuddle.com. But the Broncos, I mean, they signed a bunch of college free agents after the draft. They drafted five guys. And then they invited a former CSU quarterback who uh, played mostly, got his, his playing time at San Diego. And then they're bringing in the leading passer of the XFL to rookie minicamp. So break it down real quick, and then we'll actually answer these questions. Well, interestingly enough, like every player they're bringing in here, Jock Patrick, Trent Harris, Ben DiNucci, they're all respective leaders of their categories in the XFL. Trent Harris set the the XFL record uh, for sacks with nine and a half playing under Wade Phillips in Houston. Jock Patrick finished first among pass catchers running backs in receiving yards and he was second in rushing and Ben DiNucci led the league in, in almost everything in attempts, completions, passing yards and passing touchdowns. He also led the league in interceptions with 13, but there's some there there. And specifically with Ben DiNucci, Gucci DiNucci, he would immediately raise the floor of the Broncos quarterback room. I would take him in a heartbeat over Jared Guarantano. Even if you stash him on the practice squad, the way you, if when you watch him, play like the way he plays a lot like Chad Kelly. If you like Chad Kelly, you'd love Ben DiNucci. He can sling the ball. He's a dual threat. He can run. I believe he also led the XFL in rushing yards or finished second. I think he was second in rushing yards among quarterbacks. That's a player I definitely want. Uh, Patrick, the running back, could go either way. I feel like running backs are a dime a dozen, though they do need to add uh, to that position after ignoring it in the draft. And Harris... I would like to see this because he's not just an XFL guy who has no prior experience. He played a couple of seasons in the NFL before he moved to the XFL and he had nine and a half sacks there and got the blessing of Wade Phillips, who said, if nothing else, he can come in and rush the passer and help out in special teams. The Broncos do need that right now. It is interesting seeing the 
how Sean Payton is kind of kicking the the bushes, so to speak, turning over rocks relative to the quarterback position. He went out and got a guy to serve as his fail-safe in the event that Russ fails to launch, which I do not expect, but um, Jarrett Stidham. And now a couple other guys coming in. Brett Rippon took a deal with the L.A. Rams, one-year deal, so he's no longer in the picture for the Denver Broncos officially. Uh, and so, Zach, they're bringing in some quarterback competition. It's going to be really interesting. And it's important to remember, too, guys, in the chat as you start trying to do the roster math and count how many guys are on the roster currently that invitees to the rookie minicamps, these are these are tryout. They don't count toward the roster if and unless they're given a contract. So FYI on that. Uh, but, Michaela, love you so much. Seriously, thank you for the very, very generous super chat. And uh, we'll see what we can do for Michaela and Cooper. Okay. Um, just to tack on to that, Chad, the Broncos were also, while we're talking about player additions and possible, uh, you know, long-term fixtures or whatever they were awarded. The Broncos were defensive linemen. I'm going to butcher his name completely. Um, Hagai Chisholm, uh, Nibusi, Nibusi from the international player pathway program. He will not count against the Broncos 90 man offseason roster, but he's like six, eight, 300 plus big force in the middle of the defense. So, Maybe they have something there as well. It'd be cool to see it work out and see uh, that that program have some success, and especially if the Broncos end up becoming a poster child for that would be very, very cool. But, Zach, what do you make of this, the quarterback thing? I mean, you've got it covered as far as, like, fail-safes. If Russ doesn't work out, you've got Jarrett Stidham. What do you think is the thought process behind bringing in a couple more young guns to kind of kick the tires uh, again. Well, I mean, they handed Stidham two years, $10 million, pretty sizable guarantee. I thought that would lock him into the backup job, but you know, you can never have enough quarterbacks, especially when you're looking for a young player that Sean Payton could develop. I think, and this is my opinion, I could be totally wrong. I do believe Jared Stidham is relatively safe. It comes down to that quarterback three spot and not necessarily on the 53, but maybe on the practice squad. That would be Jarrett Guarantano, a holdover from last year, versus potentially uh, Ben DiNucci. And DiNucci was a seventh-round pick of the Cowboys uh, back in 2020. He has some starting experience. And again, the way he plays the game, a fiery competitor, live arm, he's a risk-taker. If you liked Chad Kelly, I think you would like Ben DiNucci and maybe uh, Sean Payton would as well. So one thing interesting uh, about this cat I hate butchering names. They didn't provide in the press release, Zach, uh, pronunciation for Ndubuisi. Ndubuisi? Dubuisi, maybe? Maybe it's just Dubuisi. Um, 6'7", 323. But he played offensive tackle last year. Uh, Arizona and the Broncos, it sounds like they're playing him at defensive line, which 6'7", that can be uh, quite the impediment in the middle of a of a uh, line of scrimmage for opposing quarterbacks. If the dude pans out, I'd rather him play defensive tackle for the Broncos than offensive tackle. They have two, you know, solid players there already. They don't have much help on the D line and they didn't uh, do much to address it in the draft. So again, we'll see how that shakes out. Fortunately, he uh, is roster exempt for the time being, and he will be participating in the rookie minicamp starting next weekend. Uh, Sam Bam jumped in early as well. Love you, big dog. Thank you. It says, evening, everyone. This is my just getting in early super chat. Colin Cowherd, and we do appreciate that, bro. Colin Cowherd has the Broncos as the seventh best team in the AFC. It was nice to see that given how last season went. Go Broncos. Yeah, Colin Cowherd, Zach, it's interesting because on one hand, he's a guy who over the years I've come to kind of tune out some of his analysis because it just is a little too hot takey. Some of his predictions are just ridiculous and, and don't come true, at least relative to the Broncos. But the closeness with which he was uh, with Sean Payton that one year, this last year that Sean Payton was at Fox and doing the media thing, and during the hiring cycle, all the one-on-ones, he'd bring him on the show, and some of the, th- some of the nuggets he broke uh, relative to, to the Sean Payton uh, sweepstakes, when it, when he talks about the Broncos now that Sean Payton is in the fold. I do listen. I'm, I'm a little bit more inclined to listen to what he says. Now, this is a prediction. 
right? I mean, anyone can pull a prediction out of their uh, you-know-what. But what do you think? Seventh best team in the AFC? Like, playoff team? Wild card playoff team? Yeah, I want to preface my comments by saying I don't really care what Colin Coward has to say about the Broncos, nor do I care what any national talking head has to say about the Broncos. They don't really follow them up close and personal like we do, and they're just providing some general analysis. That being said, it's about where I have Denver for the upcoming season, not even being a sunshiner, not even being too much of a homer. Nine and eight, 10 and seven is a realistic expectation for Sean Payton in year one. And if they do hit that record, seventh, like you said, would be a wild card. I can absolutely see that happening. David McElrath, a.k.a. as he is known in his neck of the woods, Papa Bear, appreciate the super chat my friend, or another early super chat before we even went live. Three super chats. Just amazing. David says, good evening, Broncos country. Chad, Zach, Dylan, and Deacon Scott. Thanks for all you guys do for Broncos country. Hashtag Buckham, Denver Broncos for life, MHH for life. We appreciate that, David. Thank you. We'll keep doing what we do as long as you guys keep showing up and uh, helping us keep the conversation going. So thank you, bro. Uh, Miguel, what's good? Really great to see you. Uh, throwing down on Facebook saying, what's up, fellas? Been a minute. Hope all is well. Go Broncos. Yes, all is well. Hope you're doing uh, doing good as well, Miguel. It's great to see you. Uh, Michaela Israel jumping in. Uh, she's got a message to the Duchess saying, thank you to Michaela and all the MHH community for supporting Cooper and I. We look forward to the pod every day. That's awesome. It is a great community. I mean, there is no getting around it. And... Uh, some of the things we've we've accomplished together as a community are pretty cool. Um, I'm thinking back too, Zach, to like that time we had Graham Glasgow on the show and we did a a fundraiser where we matched uh, every dollar of super chat. I don't remember even what the what the charity his charity was. I don't even remember what was off the top of my head. But we ended up raising like fifteen hundred bucks for that charity as a community. We matched every dollar of that. So it's just really cool what we can do together and Michaela and Cooper you guys are a big part of this yeah I mean you mentioned uh our listeners showing up and Michaela both Michaela's in fact make us want to show up each and every day you guys are truly spectacular incredible uh definitely appreciate you and Cooper Michaela thank you so much we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Man, sometimes the command keys on StreamYard, they don't work the way they should, just like automatically. Um, but they are easier once you know them than clicking everything with a mouse. Uh, a few hellos in the chat to the early birds like uh, William. G.I. Jers, what's up? He wants uh, Kareem Hunt, Zach. G.I. Jers, uh, one, of the, one of the first technically the first YouTube comment that was not a super chat. So we'll grab it. He's saying, let's go get Kareem Hunt. Zach, the Broncos brought in a couple of college free agent running backs. Uh, there are a few interesting veterans that are still out there, including Kareem Hunt. Latavius Murray took a deal with the Bills, though, so he's he's off the board for now. What do you think about uh, Kareem Hunt? Yeah, I just tweeted about uh, Ezekiel Elliott. It's become something of like a trendy topic on Twitter. Uh, some of Broncos country wants him, others don't. I don't think the Broncos would sign Zeke. And I don't think Zeke would sign with the Broncos. He could probably find more money and a better chance elsewhere. 
Uh, Kareem Hunt, I would not mind him. I would like him more than Zeke. I think he offers more, especially as a pass catcher. But it's one of those situations where if they wanted him, wouldn't they have signed him by now, Chad? I feel like there's a reason he's languishing for so long. There were concerns out of Cleveland heading into this offseason that maybe Kareem Hunt is losing a step. He's getting up there in age for a running back. So I'm tending to kind of resign myself to Sean Payton finding a hidden gem among the young, younger running backs. And we talked about briefly already one of them, Jaleel McLaughlin, the UDFA they brought in, uh, who's going to be at rookie minicamp next week. I think he has a chance to make the 53. We'll see. Uh, Michaela, no guest tonight, uh, but we do have a few more, of course, Super Chat segments lined up as we get farther into uh, the offseason. So uh, we'll be announcing that here very, very soon. Sam Bam with Super Chat number two tonight. Love it. Thank you, brother. He says the Broncos would probably be the second best team in NFC right now. Possibly number one. That's how much better the AFC is right now. Yeah, I mean, that can turn in a, in a, in a second, though. I mean, the NFL nowadays, one of the things that makes it king is the parody. But I am old enough to remember the inverse when the NFC, man, was just dominant. It didn't matter how good the AFC champion was year after year, man. They'd get smoked in the Super Bowl. Not just defeated in the Super Bowl, smoked. Until uh, the Bills, you know, a couple, there's, you know, they, they, they made at least one of those Super Bowls uh, interesting. But it wasn't until the Broncos snapped the streak, Super Bowl 32, where the balance of power shifted. And really, it's been a nice back and forth ever since then. Uh, but what do you think, Zach? Is the, is the AFC that superior to the NFC right now? It, when it comes to quarterbacks, yeah. I mean, you, you pair them side by side on a list and like where Lamar Jackson is right now, Andy Dalton would be, for example. So yeah, there's a big discrepancy, but I don't know that the Broncos would be the second best team. There are some decent teams still in that conference and the Broncos have a ways, ways to go, Sam Bam, before we can crown them as anything more than what they were last year, which was a sub-500 club. Shout out to Big Earn. Great to see you tonight on Facebook, my friend. Uh, Scott's reminded me, the missed kick, right? Scott Norwood was Buffalo's first Super Bowl against the Giants. Uh, only one of the four that they were favored. Yeah. Man, that was a really cool uh, Bills era, though. A good team. Have you ever watched the uh, missing rings? You know, like they, they do America's Game for the Super Bowl champs, NFL Films. And then they had a nice series running for a while there called the Missing Rings, where they would do basically a, a America's Game production on the teams that shoulda, coulda, woulda. Uh, Bills are one of them. Uh, Minnesota Vikings, you know, the Tarkenton 0-4 in the Super Bowl Vikings. I'm trying to remember who else. Uh, but I, I, I watched the Bills and the Vikings one. They might have done others, but... Uh, the Bills, man, talk about just some bad juju back then. As great as they were, run and shoot, baby. Jim Kelly, Thurman Thomas, Andre Reid. I mean, offensively, they were they were fun to watch and stingy on D. Freaking Scott Norwood, man. Scott Norwood, the uh, impetus for Ace Ventura, you think, right? The, as <laughs> far as the, main, the main plot device of Ace Ventura. Gotta be. Uh, laces out, Dan. Drake Wally, bro, great to see you. Thank you for the super chat. He says, hey, man, which division matchup for Denver in the Russ Payton era are you most excited for? KC, Vegas, Chargers? Look, for me, it's always going to be Chiefs if and until and unless they snap the streak. And even once they do snap the streak, that is – I mean, that's the 800-pound gorilla in the AFC West. And so even if the Broncos, Zach, uh, make some some improvements this year in terms of the the streak and they snap it and they, let's say, split with the Chiefs, they're going to be a force to be reckoned with the Chiefs until Patrick Mahomes calls it a career, and that's many, 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 many years, unfortunately, or fortunately, depending on your outlook, down the road. So for me, it's it's the Chiefs, and a big part of that is the ignominious 15-game winning streak. But let us not forget also, Zach, Raiders currently hold, is it a six-game or is it a seven-game? It's a, Basically, they haven't beat them in three seasons. The Broncos have not defeated the Raiders. Ugh. It's pretty sickening, honestly. I can understand Kansas City to an extent, but not even, 
you know, conquering the Raiders once in the last three years is uh, pretty disgusting. But um, you're right. If you want to be the best, you have to beat the best. But on on paper, the easier matchup here is Vegas. I am not really impressed by their defense, despite adding some defensive help in the draft. And it's only a matter of time before Josh McDaniels fully Josh McDaniels is that team like he is prone to do. I think the Broncos will end that streak and maybe even get the sweep this season. Howie, what's up? Great to see you, my friend. Buckham, Jersey on the way. Uh, friendly Giant with a super chat saying, speaking of underdogs, should we be excited about Christopher Allen, the college free agent rush linebacker out of Alabama last year? Everyone got excited about him, and then he suffered. Was it an ACL? I don't remember. I think it Yes. Well, the foot was what he had coming out of college. Or a knee. It might have been an ACL. Either way. Ends up on uh, injured reserve, right, for the entire season. So what, what what's your outlook for Allen? He says, projected top 100 pick, if not for the injury, and then had a year to get his foot healthy. Maybe it was the foot. They just kept him shut down, you know. I'll I have do, to refresh I, my memory. I remember writing the story. I do think that foot lingered, and they just decided to mothball him and redshirt him for a year, which I understand. Um, I actually tweeted about Jacob Martin earlier, Chad, kind of an aside, but it ties in all the same. He's an outside linebacker for the Broncos. Y'all might have forgotten about him. They picked him up after the Bradley Chubb trade. He only had one sack in five games, but he has the 15th highest salary cap number for 2023. The Broncos can clear almost $4 million and only eat $1 million in dead money by releasing Martin either pre- or post-June 1st. I do not understand why he's still on the team when you have younger players that could step up and make plays, Chris Allen being one, Nick Benito obviously being another. I do look for Allen to get his chance, but whether he can capture the potential he showed in college obviously remains to be seen. So you Google Christopher Allen, first article that comes up is by none other than Zach Kelberman, August 10th, 2022. Uh, mothballing Allen stems from the foot injury suffered. So that was the, the same reason, Zach, the injury that lingered that basically choked out his final season at Alabama. So uh, interesting stuff, man. He's got a whole year to, he's had a whole year plus, really, uh, to get on the men. So he could end up becoming something quite interesting for the Broncos. Divine breaks in the house. Throwing down a super chat. Great to see you. Thank you. Uh, patronizing the morning shows, patronizing the evening shows. We love you. What is y'all's prediction for the Broncos' record this year? Also, touchdown to interception ratio for Russ. Um, well, we know the we know the opponents this year. We don't know the order and all that stuff. We know who's going to be on the road, who's going to be at home. But for a record perspective, my my answer to that, Zach, is still somewhere right around 10 wins, you know. I want to I want to get a little bit farther into the off season. Really, I want to see what it looks like in training camp before I get too uh bold with my predictions and and really tie myself down to them, but I really think Sean Payton just by virtue of Payton, forget all the other improvements they made, just by virtue of of Sean Payton, it's additional two or three wins uh on top of what they did last year and then you add actually factor in what they have added to the roster in terms of bolstering the offensive line, the improvements they made in the draft. And I think it's uh, very plausible 10-win season for the Broncos in year one. <clears throat> Pardon me. And also overhauling the strength and conditioning departments. Uh, that's going to be such a huge boost for the team, not having 25 players on IR. You know, last year we were talking 11 or 12 wins under Hackett and Russ. I'm going to bring it down a little bit just because we all touched the hot stove and got burned. I'll say nine and eight or 10 and seven is fairly realistic. And I think there's no reason why if they stay healthy, uh, they can't achieve that in terms of Russ. They're going to be a very run-oriented team, building off the run to establish play action and go through the air that way. So I'm not going to say he's going to throw 40 touchdowns, Chad, but I can definitely see like 28 TDs and like 11 picks, something like that. That would be a pretty decent season for us. He has a career ratio basically of 3-1 to one on touchdown to interceptions. And I think, you know, first thing is figure out where you see the touchdowns coming in and then it kind of answers itself and dude could you imagine when's the last time a Broncos quarterback threw over 20 touchdowns in a single season it's been a minute guys it's been a minute and that's, no one no one's writing home about 20 touchdown passes right google it 
Zach, because mine gets all bogged down. It's Peyton or Case Keenum. It's one of the two. Keenum, Keenum was 18. 18. Keenum, Keenum threw 18, if I remember. Yeah, he did. I, I, it's got to be Peyton. I'm going to look. Peyton Manning, probably. Um, oh, he's, Scott's got it. Here, what do you got? Scott says, uh, yeah. Oh, talking about Allen. Um, but either way, I'm going to say like 25 touchdowns for us. Um, you know, six, seven interceptions, maybe as many as 10, but it's going to be about quality over quantity with the passing game this season. So I'm stoked to see it, but even 25 touchdowns, guys, the, what that does to change the outlook of this team, you cannot sleep on it. I mean, last year, what was it, Zach? 16, 16 touchdowns. And every one of them was like pulling teeth getting a touchdown pass out of this offense. But you got it? Who was the last 20-plus touchdown passer? Scott said Teddy had 18. I thought it would be Case Keenum. It's not Drew Locke, obviously. It wasn't uh, Teddy Bridgewater. It wasn't Russ last year. It has Was to be it Simeon? I think he threw 18 or 16 in me, 2016. Me, this is going to bug me. Guys, when you see me looking down, I'm doing this on my phone because StreamYard's been boggy lately when we try to open another tab. So let me just look at this. this yeah, is, Simeon uh, had 18 in uh, 2016 and 12 in uh, 2017. Then it is. Then it was Peyton Manning. Peyton Manning was the last quarterback. That's so pathetic. Holy smokes. Uh, all right. Colby, thank you for your patience, big dog. Great to see you. Appreciate you. After the draft, I'm still worried, he says. We Have we done enough to shore up the O-line? And what do you guys think? Um, again, the nit I have to pick in the 2023 draft class is that they waited till the last pick of their of their draft to address O-line, and they neglected offensive tackle in the draft. They need a swing guy. It's looking like Zach, either Zach Streif slash um, Sean Payton is really high on one of the guys currently on the roster uh, for that job, for that swing job, or they're going to maybe kind of wait and see what it looks like in camp and budget a little bit of that Evan Mathis money and sign a guy who gets clipped by somebody else. I've been watching too many mafia things this last <laughs> couple of weeks, dude. Clipped. Uh, a guy who gets cut uh, closer to, you know, the, the, the summertime once, once the cleats hit the grass. So, I don't know. That's my biggest thing is offensive tackle depth. But interior-wise, Zach, I mean, we obviously know the strides they made in free agency with – with the O-line, Mike McGlinchey, right tackle, Ben Powers, left guard, Lloyd Cushenberry getting uh, reprising his role as a starter at center, Garrett Bowles is coming back at left tackle. So that's a pretty formidable starting five. Inside, as uh, uh, of course, Quinn Miners, right guard. Inside, you've got now the rookie Forsyth, Alex Forsyth out of Oregon, can play guard, can play center, primarily a center. Uh, you've got Luke Wattenberg from a carryover from last year as well. And then Really, it's it's uh, what Kyle Fuller, the former uh, Seahawks center. I'm trying to think who else, but uh, depth is the question here. Really, I like what they have up front, starting wise. It's the depth that you got to worry about. Yeah, I mean, Cushenberry right now is the starter, but maybe Alex Forsythe beats him out by some chance. The Broncos' seventh round pick. I'm looking at the depth chart right now at tackle, and it's like a who's who of nobodies, like Casey Tucker, Christian Delaro. Um, Hunter Thedford, which sounds like a fake name, and Isaiah Prince, who could be the the uh, Calvin Anderson of the Broncos season under Sean Payton and Zach Street. That could be the swing guy, but I think the Broncos, Chad, correct me if I'm wrong, they have one more move up their sleeve at one of or maybe even all of these positions, running back, offensive tackle, and defensive line. That's where they need help the most, and uh, there's some veterans out there that can provide that depth. Um, but I am stoked on everything else, you know, um, and that offensive line, some of those issues. I mean, if you get a little bit of luck, Zach, relative to the injury bug, then it's, it's much more of a non-issue. Uh, but even going beyond that, when you get the running game established, that insulates the quarterback that hopefully helps you become a more balanced offense and, uh, productive in many senses. And that trickles downhill in a lot of ways. So maybe you don't become as dependent on, you know, a swing tackle, um, be, you know, dropping back 50 times a game or whatever, right? That's that's where uh, if you don't have that solved, you can become a lot more uh, anxious. But Naj, what's up, brother? Great to see you. Love you. Pivotal Mount Rushmore member of our community he says, hey, brothers, if Javante is unavailable 
early. Do you see Samaje Pirine as a 20 carry a week back, or do you see one of these undrafted rookies making the team? I'm with Zach. I think probably one of these guys ends up impressing this summer and makes the team. But I definitely think the Broncos view Pirine as an RB1, like bona fide RB1. And he, this dude's a mountain of a man. I mean, this is a guy that, no sweat, Zach. You want me to tote it 20 times a week? Check. You got it, coach. But the wisdom of that, I don't know. I mean, it is a different era. That used to be commonplace, but um, individual guys. But what do you think? P. Ryan also views himself as a number one guy. That's why he wanted to leave Cincinnati and come to Denver for more opportunity, meaning more carries, and I think he'll get that. Um, to your point, though, you're right. In the NFL nowadays, I don't think anyone is a 20-carry-a-week guy unless you're like the top of the top, like a Nick Chubb, Saquon Barkley, and uh, P. Ryan is not that. The problem here, though, is if you were to you know, suit up for a game tomorrow, your number two running back would be Tony Jones. That's not good enough. So you have to have a better player in tow to spell P. Ryan, and that's why I feel like one of the young guys, whether it's Demarie Crockett, whether it's Tyreek McAllister, whether it's Tyler Batty, or whether it's Jaleel McLaughlin, one of those guys, or Jock Patrick, the XFL player, has to step up and make a name for himself because there's a path to playing time immediately. And look, regardless of what we think about P. Ryan, Sean Payton views him as an RB1 dude. So if you get Javante back at some point this year, close to the version that he was before he got hurt, man, the Broncos are going to end up being possibly very rich at, at running back. Howie, brother, says, does Greg Dulcich have a breakout year and in year two, and how do you see him fitting in the Sean Payton offense? You know, I'm a little mystified on this topic, Howie. It's an interesting one that you bring up because, Zach, I think both of us, when – Sean Payton was, you know, obviously the number one candidate to be hired. And you think about his resume and, and some of the prolific tight ends uh, of his offenses in, in New Orleans from Jeremy Shockey back in the day to Jimmy Graham and all that stuff. You think that bodes well for a pass-catching oriented young tight end like Dulcich or Albert Okawebunam. But then you, he's been hard-pressed – uh, to get a compliment on Dulcich out of out of Sean Payton since he arrived, and then they go and they bring in two veterans, right? Exactly. One's who who's Chris Manhurts, who's primarily a blocker, and then uh, Adam Troutman in that draft day trade, who Sean Payton loves as a as both a, a wide tight end and an F. He can move, so I'm not sure on this. This I'm I'm questioning this Howie as much as everybody else, uh, but I think you're going to see Zach a lot of two tight end sets this year. So that bodes well for all of them. I mean, you're going to have one guy in line that's going to be a more pro, uh, proficient blocker, and that's going to be a Troutman that's more often than not with a little relief from maybe Manhurst if he makes the roster. And then that other guy, you're going to see him running routes out of the 12, out of 12 personnel in line, moving around, doing things, and that guy will probably end up catching a lot of passes, and it probably will be Greg Dulcich. Yeah, I mean, when they signed Manhurst, I was like, okay, they have to replace uh... – uh, Eric Tomlinson and Eric Sauber blocking tight end. That's fine. But when you trade on draft day for a former Saints tight end, that signals to me that Dulcich doesn't have a entirely firm grip on tight end one duties. And it kind of reminds me of when Mike McDaniel got to Miami last year. They had a really good move tight end in Mike Jasicki. And he barely played under McDaniel because McDaniel was used to that full body George Kittle type who can block and catch as well. Dulcich has a ways to go before he's a you know, two-way player, in a sense, as a blocker. So he'll get some run, but I, him leading the team and receiving, for example, is uh, improbable. Phil, down in Tucson. Love you, big dog. Thank you for being with us and the support. He says, good evening, Chad, Zach, Deacon, Scott. The biggest road to success this year is keeping players healthy. Obviously, last year was a combination of coaching and health. I think we sweep at least one team in the conference and split with the others. Uh, Ten and seven record. Buckham, MHH for life. Go Broncos. I love it, dude. Um, yeah, I mean, that's always the uh, that's always kind of the uh, the pivot point in d d what decides the fate, oftentimes anyway, of an NFL team. Zach is how they're able to uh, fend off the injury bug. 
you know, like 2015, for example, that Broncos team that went all the way. Uh, and Scott, by the way, says, if you go 4-2 and two in the division, you're winning more than 10, probably. Uh, odds would say yes on that. But 2015, Zach, other than Peyton Manning getting hurt and being gone for a good stretch of that season where, you know, Brock Osweiler had to carry the water, and he did. He stepped up to the plate. The Broncos were remarkably fortunate um, not to say that they didn't have injuries and guys didn't go down for little stretches here and there. I remember DeMarcus Ware being hurt for a time. But they got lucky in that it all came together at the right time. And by the time they, Zach, weathered the stretch run and then the playoffs, they were able to stay pretty healthy. And luck does play a role in that. You know, luck does play a role in that. So that's why the Broncos made all the changes in that department that they did, right? They brought in, brought in an actual executive uh, to brainstorm and run that whole thing plus whole new coaching staff on the strength conditioning sports science side of things it's it plays a huge role and injuries are part uh you know preparation and prevention and part luck you know the war of attrition it's become a cliche but it's so true in this sport specifically if you look at kansas city in the super bowl for example they were like the healthiest team in the league they just that's how they roll and that's why they're so successful in part um, in terms of sweeping an opponent, I went on record earlier. I said they can sweep the Raiders. They might sweep the Chargers. One team in the division they've had success against the last couple seasons. It's definitely possible. I'm not going to go out there and say, give me Kansas City. They're going to sweep KC and uh, they're going to take over the mountaintop. I'm not there yet. But them going 4-2, and two, like Scott said, finishing 10-7, and seven, I can absolutely see that. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm looking at a few of... I'm I'm just checking the chat here. Some really good, some really good conversations going on. Some good topics, um, but I want to grab this from Donnie. Appreciate you being with us, Donnie. You're uh, a prince over on Facebook. Wants to know what you guys what we think about J.L. Skinner, the sixth round safety out of Boise State. He says I think he's going to be something big for us, Zach. This was a guy that, you know, if he doesn't suffer a pec injury, what was it, two days before the NFL Combine? Um, he gets drafted much, much higher than he did uh, as a six-round guy. How he kind of tying this together, is he a good answer for tight end coverage in the West? Um, Skinner, yeah, I think he can help on that. But his forte, Zach, is keeping things in front of him, running downhill and, like, heat-seeking missile. I'm not sure that his his coverage chops. But you know what? He can ball hawk. He's got, he did have some ball production in college, so – um, but I'm I'm not going to pretend I'm I've broken down all the film on Skinner. I can tell you this: I think he's going to be a nice, like, you know, number four guy as a rookie, and they do expect him to be available to play this year with that that peck. There will be enough time in between when it happened and when the things start getting serious. He should be good. Over time, I think he could be a prospective Zach, like starting caliber guy. Give him some time though. Uh, I don't think he's going to start barring injuries in uh, year one anyway. I hate to reference Seattle, but I feel like Skinner is more Cam Chancellor than he is Earl Thomas. He's more of a hitter and a downhill player like Chad was talking about than he will be a guy who's going to shut down Travis Kelsey. Newsflash, no one shuts down Travis Kelsey. He is going to get his yards. You, you have to just prevent him from absolutely killing you every time you play him, but I'm a little torn. I do like the pick. I, I do think he can be a long-term uh, answer as a number three at worst for the Broncos, but I'm also very high on Caden Stearns. I have been for quite a while. Every time I've seen him play, I just see a starter there next to Simmons, and um, I hope Stearns gets his opportunity and he doesn't lose it at the expense of Skinner in year one. Uh, you guys want some tinfoil hat? Let's 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 get tinfoily real quick. Todd Ostendorf <laughs> with us every single night. He says you got to listen to Mark Schlereth talk about Russell Wilson going out with teammates to play golf when he had his golf cart fiasco. It was with the defensive players only, no offensive guys with him. Basically, Todd goes on. Schlereth said that there were no offensive guys with Wilson, which could indicate that he is a pariah on the team. Now, pariah. Uh, I, I would have a hard time believing that, but I think a lot of guys on the team last year, um, quickly grew tired of the Russell Wilson, Wilson shtick, and he's going to have to really strive hard, um, this year 
I think, Zach, to win back some of that belief and trust that the guys had in him when they first read the the tweet, Broncos acquire Russell Wilson via trade, and that elation and that excitement and that rush of confidence they had, it turned to ashes in their mouth, not only because, Zach, the, the, the production wasn't there, right? He didn't justify it with production on the field, but all the weird you know, machinations of that previous regime kowtowing to every little thing, giving him the, the office, uh, you know, just allowing him to basically segregate himself from the rest of the team and put himself on a pedestal. And, and I don't think for what it's worth, I, I'm not trying to be an armchair um, counselor here, but I don't think that was Russell Wilson trying to make himself, put himself above other, you know, his teammates. I think that's just the natural result of what happens when you allow someone that those those level of privileges that are unprecedented. And Sean Payton recognized that right out of the gates and 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 you know put the kibosh on it. So I don't disbelieve Zach. Let me just sum this up. I don't disbelieve that there's a lot of guys on that roster that are maybe Russell Wilson skeptical, but to become a pariah, I, I wouldn't maybe go that far. This whole conversation, not what you said, Chad, just the premise of what Schlereth is saying, that the fact, if I read the comment correctly, that no offensive players were with Russell Wilson on the golf course, like who really right. cares? I mean, he was with Simmons, who's a team captain. He wasn't even driving the golf cart. I don't know why we're talking about this, and we only are because it's Russell Wilson. No other quarterback, hell, no other player in all of sports gets the negative coverage that Russ consistently gets, and I, for one, won't add to it. I want to see what he can do on the field, and we're all hopeful he will rebound under Sean Payton. No one, Chad, I'll say it again, no one is a nine-time Pro Bowler, Super Bowl champion, plays lights out one year, and then goes to crap next year it just doesn't happen i firmly believe that was more nathaniel hackett and the other circumstances than it was Russ completely falling off the rails and look it all goes away if you win it all goes away all the whispers uh you know all of the rumors all that speculation and the bad juju goes away if you stack some wins like like dylan puts here in the chat all the stirring of the pot you it's hard to stir the pot Right when you're winning ball games, and so that's the uh, that's the best medicine, not just for us, but for everybody, and that's what Sean Payton is about. So Troy jumping in, thank you for the super chat, my friend. It says coming in late, so sorry if it's already covered. But what are your thoughts on the undrafted free agent, Zach? Are there any guys in that that group that uh, jump out to you as nice gets for the Broncos? Yeah, uh, Thomas Incoom, the outside linebacker, Art Green, the cornerback, and uh, Jaleel McLaughlin, the running back. I, I've watched his tape, you know, admittedly on YouTube. I've seen the highlights, and uh, I really do believe he has what Sean Payton covets in a running back. And there's, again, there's immediate pathway to playing time, even on special teams, because that running back room is so bare and so um, wide open. Troy, appreciate you being with us tonight, my friend. Uh, Philip Plump, good to see you too in the chat. Appreciate the uh, Bridge the Gap. It's awesome. George, throwing down as he is wont to do on Facebook, saying great show again tonight, guys. Dem Bronx for life. Hit the thumbs up, guys. Yes. Also a good reminder that uh, we're getting we're, – we're in the closing few minutes of the show, so any burning topics you have, get them in the chat. And then our giveaways – not giveaways, I mean, they are a giveaway, but the, the drawings, the raffle for uh, the month of April, we will be doing that on Sunday. So make sure everybody is here Sunday night for the MHH podcast. That's when we'll be doing the raffles for YouTube, Facebook, and Apple Podcasts if you left a five-star review uh, on the show in the month of April. Naj, yes, he agrees that that he sees also, Zach, that uh, Mark Schlereth has had a you-know-what for Russ uh, since he came here, and a lot of people have. He, he became a national lampoon um, for reasons we don't need to bog down the show. We all know why, but he has not been very um, complimentary, let's just say, of Russell Wilson. I understand the the gravitas that Schlereth has in Broncos country. I respect his contributions on the field, but he's a talking head now and he's a person with an opinion and I don't necessarily agree with the constant dragging of Russell Wilson and to bring up the golf cart incident and try to spin and fit his narrative that way is just lazy, lazy analysis. 
Look, man, Zach and I, we uh, we did radio last year, uh, Denver Radio, for most of the football season. We didn't like it. We didn't like it. We ended up saying, no, this isn't for us. One of the reasons why is, unlike this format, I mean, you can make a podcast format, really, whatever you want to do. Our format is very uh, open, and in, and it's about conversation, dialectic. It's engaging the, the people who are in the community. The audience contributes to the content. With radio, you can just, Zach, make a uh, your whole show a call-in show if you want, and that might be the closest facsimile to something like what we do with our podcast. But uh, you got to really grind content for an hour, and you're doing that multiple hours, multiple every single day of the, the week. And what I found, Zach, is it gets actually boring pretty fast. You end up saying the same things mm-hmm. over and over. Not to say we don't on the podcast. I mean, we'll we'll jump to these topics here and there, but it's always couched in a different way because it's more a conversational thing instead of with radio. Even though it's just you and I, we've been talking about these things together for years and years. It becomes very forced. And the reason I'm even getting into this is to, to cut Schlereth this one break, which is, man, you get bored. You end up kind of saying things, I think, two things. You end up saying things, Zach, just to, like, keep yourself entertained on one hand. Like, you have to, like, get creative enough to keep yourself engaged in what's happening. And then, two, one thing about radio uh, is a big part of that is wedge driving. Half of the hot takes you hear from sports radio guys, and I'm not saying this is the case with Mark Schlereth, but uh, half the hot takes you hear, Zach, from, from radio dudes, they don't actually believe them. They say it to get a reaction, to get people talking about it, to keep you listening, to get you fired up in the car as you're driving home listening on AM radio, uh, or to just create that that wedge-driving conversation with the co-host where they're just debating for a segment, and neither one of them believe actually what they're saying. It's just like very forced and contrived. I hate that. Yeah, that's why I refuse to add to the Russell Wilson you know, dogpiling. If you have to reference a golf cart incident and spin it in such a way where it makes Russ look bad and alienated, and if that's entertaining to you, then I would be a little introspective and look in the mirror as to what's entertaining. And Chad, as bored as we were at times, how come we never furthered that narrative? How come we never you know, floated these things out there and speculated that no one likes Russell Wilson? Again, it's just lazy, hot take, clickbait analysis. Though I will say what Dylan said in the comment is true. It's May 4th right now. Nothing really to talk about, so got to get those ratings somehow. May the 4th be with you. It's Star Wars Day. I didn't even realize it until you said May the 4th. Uh, Chef Ivo in the house with a very generous super chat. Thank you, my friend. Saying, good evening, fellas. Is it possible that we sign another edge rusher? Is it possible? Sure. Anything's possible. I mean, that's still a, a relative weak spot on the roster. But, Zach, we talked about um, the dudes brought in. That We talked about the free agent college free agent class uh and we talked about also earlier today tonight uh, in the stream one christopher allen coming back from an entire rookie season redshirted basically to that foot injury uh that cost him most of his final year at alabama so there are some potential guys who could come in and save the day but if you're looking zach for that proven commodity not necessarily uh you know a von miller or demarcus Ware caliber guy all right but even a guy that has some NFL skins on the wall, there's really only one currently in Denver. And that is a little bit of a concern. Everything else, their hopes on the edge, it's all tied up into guys who they're developing, they've got investment in, they're young. They're hoping that they can turn the corner into that. But no, only one proven guy, Randy. I mean, I feel like they should subtract a pass rusher, in fact. And Jake Martin, again, would free up close to $4 million. That's, that's true. I, I forgot about him. But does he count as a proven guy? He's a veteran, and uh, he had some, you know, a, a high pass rush grades from PFF last year. But they have some younger guys, you know. I mentioned Christopher Allen. They picked up Thomas Incum, and also as a UDFA, and also Drew Sanders, their draft pick. They want to play him inside, but he, he can play outside as well. So I think they have their next backup pass rusher on the roster, not to mention the second round pick they used last year that pretty much got a redshirt season and Nick Benito. I thought it was uh, really interesting what Sean Payton said after the draft about Sanders. I'm glad you brought that up 
pardon me, I'm going to read a couple things he said, Peyton, on Sanders. Quote, first of all, settling the issue. We see him as an inside linebacker in our scheme. Uh, and then he went on to say, I'm pretty uh, confident, uh, pardon me, that's Sanders. He went on to say, um, he has a tag for, cert- for players uh, on defense. He calls it the pressure player tag all right it can be uh, anybody in the front seven can be a pressure player even if they're an inside linebacker they can be tagged as a pressure guy if they have that you know propensity for being successful and productive at that and here's what he said about Sanders he did call him a he did tag him as a pressure player saying quote interestingly enough when he was at Alabama he's had experience at both inside and outside linebacker it's up to us pardon me to start doing some things we have a tag called pressure player, and to check it, you've got to be unique in regard to rushing the passer. Sometimes linebackers are pressure players. We've had a lot of linebackers that were really good players that weren't pressure players. That's not their first job description. I think this guy fits into that position where he is a pressure player. His production on the quarterback this year would suggest that. Close quote. Zach, he was a five-star recruit at Alabama out of uh, the state of Texas, and he was drafted to rush the passer was, for whatever reason, transfers to Arkansas as an inside linebacker, ends up notching almost 10 sacks, nine and a half sacks his last year in college. So he's going to play inside, but they could use him in some creative ways, kind of like how Dallas did early on uh, with Micah Parsons, you know, moving him around a lot. He needs to clean up his tackling, but once he does, he's going to be a force out there uh, on the field. Here's the Broncos outside linebackers. Okay. Randy Gregory, Baron Browning, Nick Benito, Jonathan Cooper. Uh, you can throw Sanders in there. Jake Martin. You have Aaron Patrick coming back. Uh, Thomas Incombe, the UDFA they, they brought in. That's plenty. And I think we'll know where they want to go at the position, Chad, after next week, because they're inviting Trent Harris the XFL sack leader to rookie minicamp. If they don't sign him, I think that's a pretty clear indication they feel comfortable with where they are. And they'll probably be okay with these younger guys, you know, betting, as it were, hedging that they're going to turn a corner, one of them, or a couple of them maybe. They'll probably be okay in that if Randy Gregory stays on the field. If Randy Gregory is healthy this year, then all other things, I think, become possible for that position. But Lady D jumping in with a very, very, very generous super chat. We are about out of time, but we're so glad you checked in. It's great to see you. Thank you so much for the support, Deanna. She says, evening, uh, Chad, Zach, and Scott. Hello to everyone. She says, I'm sick of the negativity concerning Russell Wilson. Yep, Star Wars Day. Uh, Love you guys. Have a great evening. MHH for life. Buck them. Hashtag bridge the gap. Love it. Thank you, Lady D. Uh, It would be would have been so bad for a Star Wars nerd like me to miss the boat on uh, May the 4th. So thank you for that, Zach, who could not give two flying flips <laughs> about Star Wars. Yeah, I mean, I don't think I've seen a minute of Star Wars. I, you could roast me for that if you want. I just never got into it. Um, but I do agree with you, Deanna, about Russell. <laughs> the way it just snuck up over the comment. <laughs> and that's probably why I never watched it. But yeah, Deanna, I do appreciate you uh, of your generosity as always. And uh, I, the only way the Russ hate is going to stop, like Chad said earlier, is if you go out there and you win ball games. But I wanted to interject earlier, Chad. Even if they go out and do that, I'm sure the Schlereths and the detractors will find a way to say the Broncos won in spite of Russ and not because of Russ. It's never going to end. It's kind of like. Again, and then here's Lady D with another very generous super Thank chat. You. Love you so much. Thank you. She says, Thank I'm just super happy. Uh, happy. I've got my center. So she's stoked on Forsyth. Very cool. Um, there is something on that topic I want to cover, but I want to finish this thought real quick on Russell Wilson, how hard it's going to be for him to win over certain people. And uh, it's kind of like, I think Drew Locke, for example, Zach, not to compare them on the field, but how – Locked derangement syndrome became a thing in Denver. Like it was a physical thing. All right. It was a a true uh, phenomenon. And how would it have turned out for him if he would have gone on in Denver to have a a modicum of success? Would that derangement have, have, uh, you know, eventually kind of faded and fizzled into nothing? Maybe, but some people, Zach, became so dug in on him. And that's the same thing with Russ right now. Some people are so dug in on the Russ hate that it won't matter if he walks on water and, you know, produces miracle after miracle. 
it's going to be hard for some people to uh, just admit the truth or give him his credit if that happens. I mean, Drew Locke to this day is still living rent-free in Broncos country's head, collective head. Um, but at least Russ is accomplished, or he was before coming to Denver. Again, a nine-time Pro Bowler. He won a Super Bowl. He's a fringe Hall of Famer. Locke didn't accomplish anything in the NFL, so I kind of understood the hate he got. But again, it's just that derangement syndrome, and it's not going to go away. But I don't care. If they win ballgames, Chad, they, people can say what they want. PFF, for example, can give Russell Wilson a, a 35 grade every game. It doesn't matter if they go out there and they win. It's all we want. Phil says, if I listen to all the BS on Russ, I assume Dr. Phil would have him on. Yes, indeed. This is for Deanna. If you guys saw this story on milehighhuddle.com, I think it went up yesterday. Uh from Keith. This is Sean Payton, or pardon me, this is George Payton Zach talking about Alex Forsyth, the Broncos' seventh round pick. Quote, we see him as a center that can flex and he's going to compete just like all the rookies in the entire team. He's tough. He's smart. Just love the way he plays the game. And then Sean Payton went on in that same presser to say, quote, we felt real fortunate to have a chance at Forsyth late in the draft. Uh, very interesting because also, Zach, who was it? Uh, oh, I'm scrolling here. I'm trying to remember who it was. Uh, but he got some props. A lot of people were surprised Forsyth fell that far uh, in the draft community, the NFL draft media community. So he's another guy that, look, he got picked in the seventh round, so that's what it is. He's a seventh-round guy. But there were a lot of people that viewed him as like a middle of the draft, like fourth round, fifth round caliber guy. And that's often where some of the best centers in the game come from the middle right. rounds. I mean, even Matt Paradis, you know, he was a guy the Broncos drafted in the sixth round in 2014, redshirted his rookie year, ended up being a day one starter uh, to open up his second year and served as the pivot on a world championship roster. So we'll see what happens, what, what fate awaits Forsyth. I mean, Cushenberry was a third-round pick, and how has that availed him to this point? It hasn't. Draft status is not the end-all, be-all. You can find a starter at any round. But I, I just am struggling to figure out where Forsyth can compete, if not at center, Chad. They have Ben Powers, who they just paid, and unless Quinn Miners moves to center, then he's locked in at right guard. So Forsyth, I think, will play center. It's a matter of can he unseat Cushenberry, who has the experience on him, obviously. Uh, Keith Brugman, bro, great to see you. This might be our last one for tonight. He wants to know, Zach, did Dalton Reisner play his last down in the NFL? And I think because this is May the 4th, we should first see what our co-host Chewbacca from the planet Kashyyyk. <laughs> Chewie thinks he has not played his last down. I can translate for this cat. Hold on one more time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He thinks uh, there's still a little... Uh, sand left in the hourglass as it were for Dalton Reisner what say you Zach uh Chewie's gonna replace me soon Chad as co-host yeah I think uh you're right he he'll find some deal in what Scott said in the uh comments here he'll sign somewhere probably for about half of what he thought he was getting which is true he really overvalued himself and uh not just that but his tape was terrible last year he was shoving backup quarterbacks on the sideline I'm so happy Denver decided to move on and they haven't brought him back even as a backup that's the bottom line, guys, is even the shoving of the quarterback, you know, notwithstanding, the reality is he has put Dalton Reisner, I think in his heart he's a great guy, but he has put some terrible, terrible tape <laughs> out there Bad. the last couple seasons, and Bad. that's the bottom line. That's the bottom line, why he's languishing. Someone will swoop him up, though, Keith. Someone will sign him. Uh, he might end up being a guy that has to wait. Um, Michaela, we're doing that on Sunday. We're doing the uh, raffle giveaway Sunday night. So be there, be square. With that, though, we're going to dip on out of here. But Michaela, so generous tonight. Love you so much. Thank you. Thank you to everyone who uh, tuned in tonight. I think we lost the banner uh, for the MHH pod, but if you're on Twitter, follow us at the MHH pod. 
Uh, the main account on Twitter at Mile High Huddle, the uh, chat on Twitter at Chad and Jensen, myself at Kelberman NFL, and Scott at Scout Kennedy. If you guys want some merch, Bucka merch, or anything you see us wear on a daily basis, go to mhhmerch.com and get your swag on. And if you haven't, go to facebook.com slash Mile High Huddle Pod. Be sure you're liking that page and following that page. If you're on Instagram, follow us at Mile underscore High underscore huddle if you're on apple podcast be sure you're leaving your football priest a five-star review for a chance to win some of that merch each and every single month but if anything please subscribe like and share this video and every video you see on the mhh channel it really helps us grow and reach more broncos fans just like you love it this is being uh a little bit slow so bear with me one sec i'm trying to bring it up so we can give our shout outs for tonight to our great supporters. So uh, since it's being slow, I'll start with, there we go. Now we're, now we're cooking. Uh, I'll start with Facebook. Much love and respect, Phil. Thank you, bud. Howie frickin' Day, Colby C. Collier, Miguel, George Fox, and the ladies of MHH showing out with gusto, starting with the Duchess, Michaela Parker, 500 Club to open the show. Unbelievable. Yeah. Uh, Lady D, we got Sam Bam in the house, David McElrath, uh, Michaela Israel, again, ladies of MHH, throwing down. Drake Wally, thanks, bud. Friendly Giant, um, Divine Breaks, Naj, legend. Troy, Chef Evo, uh, much love and respect. Love you guys. And make sure you're there Sunday night. We, I mean, be there tomorrow for Legends of, the, of Mile High early in the morning, right? Tom's show on the bright. Dove Valley Deep Divers Friday night. Orange and Blue View Saturday night. But whatever you do, make sure butts are in seats for Sunday night's MHH podcast because we will be doing the raffle. Have a great weekend, y'all. Thank you again to the Michaelas and everyone else for tuning in tonight. Uh, Take care, and as always, go Broncos. Head on over to milehighhuddle.com for all things Broncos.